Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast, a look at the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble match. Now, today, Jim, after 25 episodes, we have finally reached the first women's Royal Rumble match. Correct. And I know a lot of people will not tell this by this recording or the way we've done things. This is actually the first time I've talked to you in a long time. Um, We had taken a bit of a break on the recording side. And it's funny how things in the wrestling world, some things stay the same and other things are drastically different. Um, Mm -hmm. And I bring this up because on the 2019 (coughs) Men's Rumble, I had mentioned how I think that the knockout should be or Impact Wrestling should be an all-women's division show. I'm doubling down on that even more. I can't believe that I still feel that way. Like I said, the more things change, the more they feel the same. And now we're going to talk about the other side, the WWE Women's Rumble match. Bill, uh, introduce the guest. All right. Well, we have a guest today, and uh, she is a co-host of a podcast, and we'll let her tell you about it in just a moment. So let's welcome in Sarah. Hey, thanks for having me. Sarah, thank you for joining us. Why don't we start uh, off with learning a little bit about your pro wrestling background, what you watched, and how long you've been watching pro wrestling. Give it to us. Yeah, I started watching wrestling in about 2014, so still a relatively new fan. I had a group of friends that used to watch Raw on Monday nights, so my entry was straight up WWE. Um, But soon after that, I started working some of the local shows and uh, commentating at Resistance Pro and um, then later interviews at AAW and commentary at Black Label Pro. And that's a quick speed through. (laughs) Nice. Um Bill, what were your thoughts when... See, it's hard for me to give an opinion about this because I wasn't really following... It's funny because probably around the time Sarah became a fan is I think when I really tuned out for like the next three or four years, pretty much until we did this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't really have a reaction um, when they announced that there's going to be a first women's Royal Rumble. To be honest with you, I probably barely knew it because I wasn't following anything pro wrestling until probably around the greatest Royal Rumble. Um, yeah. When we started talking about, you know, when we started the show, basically, um, what, what were your thoughts on that? On when this announcement was made? Well, when the announcement was made, um, my initial thought was, okay, let's see what we get, you know, because it's the first one. And, it could go one of two ways. It could either be really good to good, or it could be terrible and they might never do it again. Mm-hmm. So part of me was interested as I think a lot of the fans were, but at the same time, the other part of me was rooting for this match to be successful mm-hmm. because if it didn't succeed, if the fans you know, didn't come out from watching the show saying, Hey, this was enjoyable they might not have done this a second time. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what about you? When you find out about this, uh, what, what was your reaction? Um, I was really excited about it because I feel like any chance for there to be some more 
representation or just more of the show dedicated to women, I think is really positive. Um, I agree that there's, you know, that anxiety, a little bit of that hope that it's going to go well. Um, but I think even just the idea of getting to see women come out in that rhythm, the same way that we've been seeing men do for as long as wrestling's been doing the Royal rumble was, uh, it was really exciting, um, to know that those entrances were coming. That's where I started. Okay. Um, like, as far as I go, I mean, like I said, I've always given for the most part, not a great, not a favorable attitude towards the, um, WWE women's wrestlers. I say WWE specifically because I think there are companies outside of WWE that do great, as I mentioned before, the knockouts. So I don't know. I was kind of like, all right, let's see what happens. Um, it's their first time. Maybe there's going to be, there's got to be some kind of different feel to this just because it is something that we've never seen, which is very rare in pro wrestling in general. Um, and. I have to say, there was a wave of emotions for me watching this whole thing. Um, there was feelings of, this is awesome. There were feelings of, this was terrible. And there was also feelings of, like, just feeling really bad at one point. And I'll, we'll, we'll get to that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now, just, lo- now, okay. So I've already said that we've done the 2018. Oh no, I didn't. Um, we did the 2018 Men's Royal Rumble already. Yes, um, it was. It can be listened to in the archives. Uh, we had decided, Bill. I believe on episode 25, we kind of threw this out there that we thought the Men's Royal Rumble was probably one of the only good Royal Rumbles we've seen in the 2010s so far. I would definitely agree with that. I, it would be in my top five for sure. And I'm wondering if that might have also affected how I looked at this match. Because I was like, well, the men's was so good. And like I said, the best one that I've seen so far in 2010s. Um, so I had that in the back of my mind as well while ro- watching this. So Bill, give us the history. How does this actually happen? This, Yeah. Okay, so in about the previous year, year and a half, you can maybe even go two years prior to this Royal Rumble, um, and it really starts at NXT because the the women in NXT are really starting to get there and they're having really good matches. Paige is a perfect example. And then you have the four horsewomen which is Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and Bayley. And they have these really good matches on NXT. And eventually they all get to WWE. At that point, by about WrestleMania 32, is when the term divas is dropped. Like, you're no longer divas. You're superstars. Mm -hmm. Which could not have made anybody... I think it made everybody happy. So, from that point we would end up having the first women's Hell in a Cell match, the first women's Money in the Bank ladder match. We'd have a women's Iron Man match. And some of these would main event the pay-per-view. So the way that this is announced, the setup is bad, but the moment is good, is the women... They're the final segment of Raw, and they're all fighting. 
when Stephanie McMahon comes out. And Stephanie McMahon, she gets in the ring, she gets on the mic and says, you know, we've been making a lot of history, but that's not enough. I want to make more history. We're going to have the first ever all-women's Royal Rumble. So the women who are fighting in the ring, they're now celebrating in, in joy. <laughs> it's almost like kumbaya, um, you know, that they're going to have this, which is a great moment. But the way it got to it was a little bit dumb. But basically, that's how we get to this first women's Royal Rumble. Right. Um, and Sarah, let me ask you this. So you follow uh, Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor at all? Um, yeah, I would say they're not mandatory watches every week, but I do like to know what's going on. And um, I've got friends involved in both. So it's really fun to see kind of like their perspective and then what's happening. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of both of them. Okay, I only asked that because, Bill, now you're going to tell us what else has been going on in the pro wrestling world around this time. Because since the Women's Royal Rumble match was the main event, that's when we go through the re- This is the episode we go through the rest of the card, I believe, at some point during this episode. Because we didn't do it during the men's because they weren't right. the main event at this uh, year. When 2019 goes around, we'll do it the opposite way. Um, so what's been going on in Impact and Ring of Honor? All right, well, let's jump into Impact. Uh, Austin Aries wins the World Heavyweight title just a few weeks before this um, Royal Rumble event. And that's not the only title he's going to be holding. Excuse me. That I mentioned in just a moment. The tag team champions are LAX, Ortiz, and Santana. The X Division champion is Matt Seidel. The Knockouts champion is Ali. And, Jim, this is maybe the last time we get to mention it on this podcast. The Grand Championship of of, uh, Impact. You were going to say (laughs) Chikara. I was going to say Chikara. <laughs> it slipped. Uh, but Austin Aries is the Impact Grand Champion, and he'd end up being the last Grand Champion. Thank God. <laughs> uh, over in Ring of Honor, Dalton Castle is the Ring of Honor World Champion. The tag team champions are the Motor City Machine Guns, not the Briscoes, Jim. That's the problem. Uh, it is. Uh, the TV champion is Silas Young. The World Six Man Tag Team Champions are Adam Page and the Young Bucks. And while the Women of Honor title was announced, they have yet to crown a champion at this point in time. Okay. You know, Bill, I'm starting to wonder, like, it's probably this show will be going on when the 2020 Royal Rumble happens. I think at that point, we probably you're going to have to do more work and tell me what's going on in AEW and New Japan at that point. <laughs> I might. Um, okay, and so was there any pre-Rumble stuff, like, before that built up this, like, on this actual show? Because I don't think I have anything for that. Um, they just did a video package. That's all I saw. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so let's go over the rules. It's 90 seconds, so mm-hmm. that is a new five people every... Seven and a half minutes. Right, your announcers are Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> so, I have a question for you guys. When, you just told us about the segment, I watched it when watching this match, when they announced the Women's Royal Rumble. 
Mm-hmm. Isn't Stephanie McMahon bad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I got a couple notes about that. I have a note about that. <laughs> bad as in, like, her character or bad as in, like, on commentary? Uh, well, not no, no, I'm just talking about in ca- uh, character-wise. Because, yeah, I felt like she, as in a character, was, like, such a meanie, but then she was, like, really trying to, like, do a good job on commentary, if I remember. Do you, Sarah, do you think maybe someone else should have done commentary outside of her? Yeah, I think that would have been a perfect chance to debut, like, uh, Beth Phoenix if she wasn't busy that night. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Um, okay, you know what? There is something that does happen pre-Rumble, which I... I have a lot of questions for you guys in this this rumble. <laughs> so the first one is, why Maria Menounos? <laughs> That's my first note. She is like the go-to WWE female celebrity, I feel. I feel like they have a few pet people that they're like, hey, we're doing a thing. You want to get in here? And she's always one of them for whatever reason. I guess yeah. she really likes wrestling. I mean, I got nothing against her, but... This is the first women's Royal Rumble. I, I actually would have been fine with Lillian Garcia. That's being exactly there. what I had. Why, where was she? You might argue that she like had a bigger role at a time when they were just divas. You know, mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. It's like because every once in a while, I mean she wasn't a long term storyline person, but like they throw her on something here or that here and there. So it's not like she just announced and then that was it. Although I guess to be fair, that was most of the time. Do we have any confirmation that Lillian was not available for this? That's my question here. That's a good question. Um, I can't remember whether or not there was that, but I know that either before or after this happened, there was some like political tweets that she got some fire for and i don't remember exactly the outcome but it could be i don't remember too if it was the right era but i know around this time they might have been like eh she was maybe pushing it too hard let's get somebody who's like and i think they also hope that like maria menounos will bring some of that like entertainment tonight clout like i think they think that they can pull watchers over like sometimes i think that's why they make those calls yeah, I mean, between Entertainment Tonight and seeing her at the movie theater before they show the previews gets you quite enough attention. <laughs> See, now I'm wondering, like, I, I understand what you're saying, Sarah. Might it be better if we take Stephanie off commentary, put Maria on commentary, and, as you say, debut a new announcer, female announcer, during this? Was Renee doing commentary that... At that time, do we know? Uh, I don't. Maybe on NXT. I think she was doing NXT for years because I always had a problem with Renee's commentary. Uh, I mean, she was Renee on sh- NXT. Uh, yeah. I guess I kind of remember that. Yeah, I remember one thing specifically. I think with Tyler Breeze, whenever he was the champion, and I remember he was at the commentary desk with Renee and someone else, and this is like when he was still doing his. Um, taking selfie stuff. I don't know if he's still doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being like, this is a terrible back and forth exchange. <laughs> I just don't remember what year it was, but it had to have been for years. So she was there for years then. Was that had to have been like 2000, probably right before I stopped, I, th- I would think. Or maybe I tuned in for that one episode. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Um, 
How is Beth Phoenix as a commentator? She seems like she would be okay. I. Go, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, I didn't start. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. I think she's good. Um, I mean, she's not the best, but she's improved. And the fact that she's done the Mae Young Classic tournament, and now that she's a regular for NXT, um, I think she's getting better as a commentator. All right. All right, so yeah, I like her on commentary, um, but I think if push comes to shove, I prefer Renee because she puts a little more emotion in uh what she's doing. I know we probably differ on that, but oh, I like her. 100% on that one. That we disagree, I mean. So here's my next question. Why does Maria Menounos say, I get it? She, like, at one point, she said, before this starts, and then she says, I think she says, I get it, and, like, looks to the right or the left. I don't remember. Did you catch this? Were they booing at her? I don't think so. It was an audible boo. Maybe she had an earpiece in. And you think they were telling her something? Yeah, I feel like that's a big... um, I mean, more than WWE, they usually hook up people in a position to have to have something in their ear. So maybe that was like a registering move. I don't know. I didn't notice it at the time when we watched it live. We were having a big party. It was very fun. Right. All right, next question. Like I said, I'm getting all my questions out here before this one starts. <laughs> Why are the two champions seated outside when in the Men's Royal Rumble they were not? Well, neither one of them had a match. I know that. Um, That's a good point. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, I guess they were going to have whoever won this match pick right then and there, like with Shinsuke. Although Shinsuke didn't have to do that. He just did. No, I think he had to. Didn't someone actually come in and interview him? Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's a, as good of an answer as any, I suppose. Yeah, logically, logical enough. Which is which is a a that should be applauded in itself. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get to the first five. All right, entries one through five. One, Sasha Banks. Two, Becky Lynch. Three, Sarah Logan. Four, Mandy Rose. And five, Lita. And I have, during this segment, eliminated Mandy Rose. And Sarah will start the discussion with you. All right. So um, I was really excited to see, I think Sasha Banks is a real strong start. Um, Mandy Rose, I'm like, cool, do your thing. Got to get a blonde lady out there. Um, I love Sarah Logan. I was super rooting for her, um, partially because of time spent with her in the indies, but also like, she's just got a cool thing. And then, um, Lita is, uh, a legend thing. And I missed the fourth person who came out. Mandy Rose. Uh, maybe I missed the second person who came out. Oh. I'm missing everybody or nobody, but the person I mentioned. <laughs> Whoever I was missing. All right. Well, here. so I also have another note here about, and I probably should have brought this up before, for Maria Menounos. Is it just me or does her voice sound like it's, and I guess, Sarah, you might not have noticed it because maybe your party was uh, over uh, more volume than the actual sound on the TV, but I thought Maria sounded like she was dragging her words. 
And I, did, I, I thought that was weird, and I didn't know if that Maybe was Maybe that's the weird. note they gave her. Maybe they were like, hey, hey, take your time bringing everybody out. Like, Sasha Bang. I, I mean, that's kind that. of a ring announcer gimmick, huh? Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, Sarah Logan, headbutt to the tits. I have that written down. So I'm confused by this, Bill. Okay. Stephanie says... Mandy's strength will help her. Right before, and then, but before that, Cole says about her being on Total Divas, like it relates in one way to the other. Gosh, she's been on everything. She was on the last season of Tough Enough. She was on one season of Total Divas. She's in this match. I think they're trying to put Mandy over as being this strong, intelligent woman. That's Which, weird because, like, from what I gathered from what I have watched from today's product, I feel like that's not the case. I mean, Sarah, Corey, Sarah where do you, where do you, uh, where do you fall on the Mandy? What are they trying to make her smart or dumb? Uh, I think they're trying to make her sexy, and I don't know that it's like uh, it's like sexy in like a fun kind of way. I think is like what they're going for. So it's kind of like yeah, whatever that means. Um, she's got to probably fill in the rest herself, and maybe she's getting notes, and it's like having to change all the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think they've changed their mind a couple times on how they want to present it, but it's like they know that she's hot, and they know that she's you know like capable of portraying that. So I guess that's the starting route. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Lita comes out, and what did you guys think about the Time's Up shirt? Because I didn't think it made sense if you're going to make a political view. No, it didn't make any sense. Uh, I think it had happened fairly recently that um, people were getting sort of canceled in Hollywood. There's a lot of talk of um, like sexual harassment scandals, and I think she was like, hey, if I've got this platform, I'm going to do this and uh i don't think it was approved by anyone at wwe so i thought that was kind of exciting but it's and i i know what time up time up means or times up means it did like i feel like she should have come out with a me too shirt because mm, she's I in the rumble times up is like because that makes in more my sense opinion in, in my opinion times up is kind of like hey we're telling you people who have done these things to behave better because we're not tolerating this behavior anymore. Me Too was a lot about like, hey, sexual harassment has happened to me. And that's kind of a more, I think, vulnerable movement and maybe less appropriate for a wrestling match, whereas Time's Up kind of like, we got the fight in us. We're going to make sure that people are treating us better and that we don't have to like hide all this, you know, shame and not speak out. All right. I guess I see what you're saying. My argument basically here is that Time's Up no, nothing, at least that, that I know of, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, there's nothing that happened to her specifically, whereas Me Too could also mean, oh, look, I'm in this Royal Rumble as well. I think in either case, she's lending support to people, and maybe people who don't have a voice, Lita's got a voice, she can speak out and be like, hey, I've got your back, I'm trying to support basically people doing the right thing. Like I'm trying to support people not abusing their power, especially in a misdemeanor-ish way. Mm -hmm. What I found even more amazing than all of that though, is she's still a commentator. I thought I caught a a line from one of the announcers that she commentates still, meaning Lita. 
this true? Hey, once a commentator, always a commentator in my book. I guess. I mean, she. I mean, she does appear on like their kickoff shows every once in a while. So that counts. Okay. Yeah. I because I, I was like the last time I thought she was a commentator was on Heat. Oh yeah, that was forever ago. I know, and I was like, is that? I was like, I can't believe she's still doing it. That being said, how do you guys feel that Lita looked in ring wise? Because I don't think she looked that great. In fact, one of the moves I thought she almost was going to kill herself. That moonsault was definitely a, a scary situation. Um, this was right before the WrestleMania in New Orleans, and uh, the the great Marty DeRosa, my co-host and uh, partner, was about to wrestle at that match, and he was going to try to do a moonsault for the first time in 20 years, and he saw her attempt and changed his mind and went with a Huracan Rana instead. <laughs> so maybe it was... Uh, Teaching lessons, even though it was a, uh, it was definitely a scary moment when she was up there, was a little breathless. Smart move, Marty. Smart move. You know, I, <laughs> you know, I forgot to ask Sarah. It was just curiosity. Um, at this point, meaning in the early 2018, did you have a favorite women's wrestler? Uh, I think at this point, it was probably still Kyrie Sane. She's been a favorite for a long time. Yeah, you're probably not like me, where you constantly change your favorites. I could see you being super true and loyal to you i stick with uh yeah i stick with my people i got uh okada and moxley right at the top of my list for boys and i've got uh kairi sane and kylie ray at the top of my list for girls (laughs) yeah definitely i mean i did a podcast special once and bill you'll remember this is where i did a special saying am i really a fan of anything because of how much i constantly not just for wrestling but like anything movies tv Mm -hmm. shows I'll, I'll switch it on, on a dime. Um, well, it's like you've always, you're getting new information. You're seeing new things. It's like, that's part of the fun too, is like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this person right now. Okay, I'm done. I need to find someone else. Okay, well, uh, the time went up on that. Uh, ran, went up, ran up, whatever. Uh, six through 10, six Kyrie Sane, seven Tamina, eight Dana Brooke, nine Tori Wilson, 10 Sonia Deville. And I have during this segment eliminated Tamina, Lita, Kyrie, Brooke, Wilson. Uh, Bill, why don't you start the discussion this time? Um, well, the first thing for me is Kyrie is winning these fans over, the ones that don't watch NXT or didn't watch the Yeah, girl. I mean, she won me over during the tournament, and to see her there, um, I feel I read like the day after that she was a last-minute replacement for Alicia Fox because Alicia was going to be in it, and then she got injured before the ma- or before the pay-per-view. Oh, okay. So, Kyrie was gets- this? Uh, 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 never mind. I'll, <laughs> I'll think about this, and if I have another thought, I'll bring it back. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, I had one, well, it's not really a question, but it's more of like a, what the hell is this? Um, Michael Cole at one point says that WrestleMania is on the line. So I'm like, WrestleMania is on the line. So that, so that means whoever wins controls WrestleMania forever now. That's right. They're going to rename it Starcast. <laughs> <laughs> or Star. Oh my God. I can't believe I did that. Or Starcade. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> We've each messed up once. No, I can't. It's all, it's all smushing together. There's so much wrestling. That Conrad Thompson. He'll uh, get in your brain. He <laughs> definitely does. I think you'll be happy to hear this, but or at least uh, Sarah will. 
I definitely was won over by Kyrie on this. Um, but there is a, something I don't understand. First off, I loved the walking the plank. Mm-hmm. But my problem is, is why would the pirate walk the plank? She's displaying power over the plank. Like, yo, I can do this and still get in the match. <laughs> and then I had a... Okay, how do I... Okay, Bill, I'm pretty sure we talked about this. Maybe in the Greatest Royal Rumble episode. Okay. I had... With Braun Strowman and, um, and Baron Corbin... Do you remember where I was like, I was convinced that they're the same person until I actually yeah. saw them? Yeah. I kind of had another one of those for a second in this, where uh-huh. I thought Dana Brooke and Alexa Bliss were the same person. Oh. Well, that's interesting. Wow. I would have never made that comparison, but okay. And I was like... I mean, uh, when they're moving fast, you see a short lady with blonde hair. I could, uh, could kind of see it. But also, like, I feel like they've got such different energies well i'm sure you people can make the same argument for braun and Strowman. that didn't stop me for that uh braun and uh corbin and that didn't stop me from that one either uh oh oh, oh we do have some lillian garcia representation by the way during this segment uh tori wilson her theme song yep she got a, she got a nice ovation i thought i thought everyone was from the past got like a nice little pop of respect and that was part of like the feel good of like oh my god I'm seeing this person again and everybody else is seeing them again like hooray mm-hmm. and I guess build this off the air but and I don't well maybe we'll wait for the end to actually go over this is this the Royal Rumble that has the most returns in it well right now I've counted two okay Ever so, I mean, obviously we still have other Royal Rumbles, but no, no, this... no. I meant in this. I meant in this Rumble match. Okay. I've counted two. So Ste- far, Stephanie says something here, and I put a WTF after it. Becky told wrestling me... theology fellowship. <laughs> so Becky told this was Stephanie says. Becky told me her gear is about the future. Hell yeah! Is she still steampunky at this point, or is she is transitioning that, out of that? Is that what it is? Is that yeah? I, she's still with her goggles. She's still got yeah. the goggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it's weird because steampunk is like vaguely futuristic, but also vaguely in the past. I was never a fan of uh, the steampunk gear. I was really excited when uh, those goggles got thrown into the crowd for the last time. <laughs> uh, I also have here. This might be the only time that I'm that I recall ever saying this, but in ring-wise, Tori was better than Lita. Well, Tori also didn't try to, like, do a moonsault. That's true. That's true. Risky business well, Tori on probably Lita's knew, side. Tori probably knew her limits, where, like, yeah. Lita did. That's the problem there. Um, yeah, oh, we were so worried about her neck, but it's all good. It's all good. Nobody died. Did... Either of you catch Graves being furious at Sasha Banks? Oh, he's like that all the time. Is with, he, with, with Banks specifically, or just like... He's always just mean her. to her. Yeah, because he's always like, ah, you can never trust Sasha. She'll be your friend one minute, and then she'll stab you in the back the next. And he's like that constantly. Like, And, and yeah. it's more than just this show. He's like that every week. I think he picks people to be like, ooh, I'm on their side or I'm not on their side. 
but seemingly without logic. And then I always wonder, like, did they get into it at catering or something? Like, why doesn't he like her? But to be fair, and when we get to it later, I think this match is a good example of where I could see Corey's point about Sasha. You okay, know, yeah. When when we get to, but okay. we're, we're but along. That's, the seed is planted. Yes. <laughs> this weird little seed that he sees to have an agenda with. Okay. Um, what else do you have, Sarah? Oh man, um, I think that Tamina always looks like she's like doing a temp job, like just kind of like, what do you want me to do? Okay, like I, her facial expressions are so funny because she's so big and strong, but she always looks so bored. Hmm. I mean, bless her heart, she tries. She tries. She's yeah, not- and she looks like a badass. I'm just always kind of like, I feel like she's making the same face if she's watching like Netflix and just kind of like, okay, mm. <laughs> she might just be the coolest. Like that, that could just be her personality. Yeah. I mean. Cause we, cause her dad, Jimmy Snuka, we've covered him about three or four times in this show. Sure. And I don't, I don't know if his, if her brother was ever in a rumble. Um, I, I think it was Deuce. Yeah, he was Deuce in Deuce and Domino. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, you know what? I think the, I think he lost the qualifying match. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? I think we've done all the ones that he would have been in. Now that you're saying that, yeah. Did we do 2007? He might have been in. in no, Atlanta. not yet. Okay, we, he might show up then. We'll keep an eye out. Okay, now we go to 11 through 15. 11, Liv Morgan. 12, Molly Holly. 13, Lana. 14, Michelle McCool. 15, Ruby Riot. And I have during this segment eliminated Logan, Sonia, Morgan, Molly, and Lana. And we will start the discussion with Sarah. Hey, this is a fun crew. Um, I had the same kind of thing with you where I mix up Liv Morgan and Mandy Rose a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's always a special challenge for me when they're both in the ring. Um, Excited to see Molly Holly. Uh, She looked like she had some freaking pep in her step. She looked really happy to be there. Um, Lana, always a fun intro. (laughs) Very strange (laughs) intro. Um, Michelle McCool is looking great, too. And I'm a big Ruby Riot fan. I think she's got a different energy than anybody else that's in there. And I'm excited for her to get back nowadays, um, whatever era you're listening to this i hope she's back and um but yeah it was just another one of those like oh this is a solid more more like fun returns and people that i like currently so i have a couple of things that i need to ask here i feel like this is the rumble of questions okay i remember the the men's rumble for this year and remember the reaction rusev got lana got another like a m- equally monstrous reaction for her entrance. And I might have even asked this, Bill, back when we, we did this, um, when we did the, the men's rumble. Did either of them become champion within like three or four months? Because I feel like that is a missed opportunity if they didn't. Nope. That is unbelievable to me that they heard. Oh, they've squandered those two so many times. <laughs> 
That is amazing because I was look. I I don't particularly get Rusev Day, <laughs> but you can't deny that reaction. Well, I guess you can because apparently WWE. They did. did. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing that I read once is that Vince, in particular, won't push people like a Rusev or a Lana whose reaction from the crowd is originally from the crowd. He wanted to be manufactured. Or, or his idea. Exactly. And this was not his idea, right. which, is a sh- which is a shame for Rusev and Lana because they're so good on TV. They're good on Total Divas. Like, they're good wherever you put them. They're good in those freaking Snickers commercials. Like, oh, they, they just are. have so much charisma. <laughs> Uh, I also noticed that when uh, Michelle McCool came out, she got Undertaker chance, which I thought was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that Michelle McCool was overpushed then and is still overpushed now in this Rumble match. I was like, all right, that stays with tradition. Yeah, she ends up getting the most eliminations in this Rumble. I knew she had to have something, whether it was like longest of returning people or a feat like you just mentioned. Um, or maybe like every time they told her like okay you're gonna eliminate two people she's like that's not gonna work for me sister (laughs) (laughs) gotta give me three (laughs) there was a great molly go round oh yeah it might have been the best move of this entire match she looked so good she was so like ready and just on top of her game Uh, is she active at all or like even trainer for somewhere that i don't know I have no idea. Molly, I mean. Oh, Molly? Um, that's a, maybe? I feel like she could be if she's not already. And there's plenty of places now to... Yeah, she's a coach, it looks like. I'm just looking it up. Uh, Academy School of Pro Wrestling in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I feel like someone should scoop away whether it's like, you know, one of, like a, a Ring of Honor or Impact or whatnot, you know, as a trainer or even... MLW has been making some waves, from what I hear. Maybe there, like I don't, I don't know. I just feel like the <laughs> she's rest. Be good. Yeah. She's great, <laughs> right? Like, okay. Anyway, uh, Bill, what else do you have for this segment? Um, at one point, Michael Cole says that Michelle McCool is a pure athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, technically, she was. I think she played softball at Florida State, if I remember, but. Other than that, is she really a pure athlete? Well, what's the? What's I'm going to say something crazy. Please, I think all pro wrestlers are athletes. Oh, I definitely agree. I'm going to say something even crazier, or ask something crazier. What is the definition of pure in regards to that? I think it's sometimes commentators, and I can say this from a hundred percent experience. Please. Sometimes commentators just say something to like fill the space and there are moments where I'll finish saying something and be like what was that and then you hope that nobody like calls you on it but it's like if it's ever Byron Corey Graves is always like what was that you're so idiot and I feel like that's everyone's big fear mm-hmm. or clearly as you can see from this uh this episode I've been calling out all of the commentary notes um, oh, yeah, I'm writing them all down. I'm not going to fall for any of these traps next time I, I get to go. You got to tell me after we're done with this, the next time you're commentating that I can actually watch. I'll take notes. Any like, Black Label Pro show on independent wrestling TV, baby. Right, cool. Got the channel. Black Label Pro gives you 20 days free. <laughs> why tw- Wait, why 20? Like, what's, why not 30? 
Because I feel like 20 is like, ooh, I wanted that extra 10 days. Maybe I'll pay for it now. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, in the next segment, I'd like to I don't, I'd like to talk about the rest of the card, if that's both. Because okay. we got to talk about the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship. Oh, yes. Um, Corey Graves pulled a Jerry Lawler during this, um, meaning he changes, that he changes his picks constantly during this match. Okay. <laughs> so, um... Although I do want to mention, since we have a little over a minute, sure. One of the this would have been the best quote of the night had it not been for something else at the end. When Stephanie McMahon comes out, Michael Cole says, word for word, a true honor for Stephanie to join Corey Graves and myself at ringside tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I give him a point for that one. Do you know who her dad is? <laughs> Wait, who's dad? Stephanie. Stephanie. It's yeah, an honor. Corey Gray's dad. <laughs> I, I, also, I don't know him. I also had Stephanie with great commentary skills like her dad. I, You know Sorry. what? I must have just tuned Stephanie out for them, other than <laughs> that, that one line that I did, because I don't remember much at all from her except for stuff at the end, which we'll get to. Um, sorry, real quick, do you have anything else for this segment? I mean, we only have like 20 seconds left, probably. I'm just gonna say, Michelle McCool is super cool! Okay, we're at the halfway point. 16 through 20, 16, Vicky Guerrero, 17, Carmella, 18, Natalia, 19, Kelly Kelly, 20, Naomi. I have during this segment eliminated Vicky McCool, uh, and I have to disagree. She's not super cool. Um, okay, let's go to the rest of the card and talk about the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship. Okay, so the rest of the card, uh, we had three pre-show matches. Kalisto, Grand Metalik, and Lince Dorado defeated TJP, Jack Gallagher, and Drew Gulak in a six-man tag. The Revival defeated Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, and Bobby Roode defeated Mojo Rawley to keep the U.S. title. To the main show, AJ Styles defeated Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in a handicap match to retain the WWE title. The Usos defeated Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin in a two-out-of-three falls match to keep the SmackDown tag titles. As we discussed in the previous episode, Shinsuke Nakamura won the Men's Royal Rumble. You can go back and listen to that episode. Cesaro and Sheamus defeated Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan to win the Raw Tag Team titles. And Brock Lesnar retained the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship over Kane and Braun Strowman in a triple threat match. Yay, Brock. (laughs) I mean, he's a safe bet if he's going to win. So Uh, a couple notes on this. Um, So I have Steen versus El Generico is better than Owens versus Zane. I have AJ Sloan sucks. Oh, why is Styles in a handicap match? But it didn't sound like he was in a handicap match when you just read that. Um, I'm confused now by my own notes. I think what happened... There's AJ now. Exactly. Um, Like, it was something weird with Daniel Bryan, because he was the GM at the time, and he made the handicap match because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn each had a title shot and they felt that they didn't get a fair chance. And I think that's what happened. 
Sarah, do you remember any of that? Uh, a little bit, mostly. I got really fixated on the memory that this was Bobby Roode before he became Robert Roode, and now I haven't even seen Robert Roode. I just loved, uh, I loved his journey, and at this point, I felt like he still had some momentum. Give me Bobby Roode back in Impact. Give me the Off the Chain song. That's a great song. That's what I want back. Good, the good old days, man. The good old days. Beer money. Yeah. What's Storm doing these days? Who knows? He, Just do beer money. Oh, I could tell you. What's, what's he's right doing? now the NWA National Heavyweight He's part champ. of a dead organization. Get him back with Bobby Roode and Impact. All right. <laughs> Let's get back to the women's rumble here. Uh, I laughed at Vicky's stuff. I thought that was, uh, this, was really, this was really good. Um, she's great. She's still like so much charisma. And if you're ever at a WrestleCon and she's around the corner, you can hear her just screaming all day long. It's really funny. I think what made it even better for me, though, is when I'm thinking of returns for a Rumble, even even as a first Women's Royal Rumble, she would be at the bottom of the list. Not that I wouldn't want to see her. It's just I didn't think they'd bring her in for this. Right. I always wonder how those conversations go. Like if there were people that they wanted to have and then people that were on the B list and the C list and like, you know, and then also like what talent is like definite, what talents it may be. And like, I don't know. I love how that stuff works, but I never feel like I have a reliable scooper. (laughs) It's hard. I mean, at one point, if you listen to the Grace Royal Rumble, uh, they wanted Yokozuna. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, (laughs) I recently reported on uh, my podcast, which I'll plug later, that the prince wanted the big boss man for an upcoming Saudi Arabia so show. You never know who might come back. <laughs> yeah, at any time. <laughs> hey, you know, I think someone asked me about like a, a recent like reunion show. Like, you would they said to me, you don't really want to see anyone because I'm tired of like the old people coming back. Like, I'm done with it. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I want to see like. People that were dead come back. That's what I want. <laughs> that's, that's how you can get me interested. I want to know how WWE um, brought someone back to life. There it is. Oh, my God. I mean, give it, like, what, 10 years? It'll be Vince, but it'll still be like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, I like that Naomi attacks with her ass. That's a note. <laughs> yeah, I love Naomi. I always want to see more of her. Uh, I love when she does the light up. I love her moves. Um, I got tense at this point because I really didn't want Carmella to win, and that was when I was like getting nervous. It's time for another question. Does the money in the because she's the women's money in the bank? Mm-hmm. Does the money in the bank usually compete in the Rumble? And I found myself thinking, I don't even know for other Rumbles if that's the case. I think it depends on the year. And the storyline. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Kelly, it's one of those, like, they never make a hard and fast rule because they know they're going to break it themselves. Well, I mean, this is what this podcast is all about, the inconsistencies of the Royal Rumble match. Um, so I figured I'd call that out. Uh, let's see. Kelly had a bit of trouble getting the head scissors on. I have that as a note. And that's pretty much... Oh, and Vicky gets Eddie Chance. <laughs> what do you got, Sarah? Um, I really liked uh, seeing, like, the way that Natalia just, like, owns the ring, and you can tell that she's, like, a ring veteran and just kind of, like, pushes the gals around a little yeah. bit. 
Um, I like that. I feel like heel or face, she has the same energy, which is like just a fun, I don't know, uh, Natalia specific inconsistency for herself where it's like, you're good and bad's the same girl, but I like it. Bill, what do you got? Um, when Carmella was coming out, she and Vicky were fighting each or, you know, verbally fighting each other. Vicky is yelling, who are you? Who are you? Which was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a quick question. How do you feel the glow? Love it. <laughs> no, I mean, how how is it possible to feel the glow? Oh, you stand out, you know, like the same way you stand under the stars. You stand next to her, and it's like, oh, my God, is it twilight or daytime? What's happening? I love it. <laughs> A lot of my enjoyment of wrestling is based in uh, imaginative fairy tales that I came up with. I have to say, if that's what you're bringing to the table as a commentator, I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, want, yeah. I want more absurd things, but not like absurd things that like... Like, JBL does absurd things, but stupid? Your sound's fun. <laughs> Thanks. All right, 21 through 25. 21, Jacqueline. 22, Nia, uh, Nia Jax. 23, Ember Moon. 24, Beth Phoenix. 25, Asuka. I have eliminated during this segment Lynch, Jacqueline, Kelly, Ruby, Naomi, Phoenix, and Ember. Uh, we'll start the discussion off with Bill this time. Okay, I'm just going to go right into it. Please. Nia Jax, dominant. She's eliminating everyone. And then she sends uh, Naomi over the top. She gets caught. And then she sits on the, uh, the, the, the wall. So I'm wondering if this is a rest for Naomi. Then she makes the move, during which Maria Menounos is on her phone, either on Snapchat or Instagram. Aw, Maria. That's great. I didn't didn't notice this. Go ahead, continue. Girl. I'm yelling, move, Maria. She's trying to do something. So Naomi does her thing. And then when she's doing the hand walk, I actually wrote one of the champs should have stepped on her hands, which would have been the funniest elimination, I think, of all yeah, right. time. It would have been fantastic. See, and when I saw that, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, because we have to have another Kofi Kingston moment here with Naomi. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's one of the things that I didn't like. I was like, it just seems like lazy, uncreative, and I don't like this. I was wondering, too, at the beginning of the night who they would make have the Kofi Kingston moment, because that's, like, such a part of Royal Rumbles now. And then that was like, okay, sure. Like, I don't know. I thought it would be cool if it was, like, Kyrie Sane and, like, people who had gotten eliminated picked her up and, like, sailed her back over. Something like something where it's, like, a weirdly little coordinated and an unexpected person. But, you know, sometimes you just got to go to that drawing board and see what's there. Well, Well, I mean, Vince probably had a meeting. And he was like, huh, we got to have a woman do it. Do we have anyone that's black? Oh, that's too old. Sasha's too small. Naomi. Yeah. Good Naomi. shit. <laughs> uh, well, I have to say, so I also noticed that Carmel is called the Princess of Staten Island. 
That yeah, that's uh, always one that pops up every now and then. I feel like they forget about it, and then they're like, oh, oh yeah, she's the princess. Because that was, like, her NXT thing, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. But then it kind of, like, it'll get lost, and then it'll come back, and then it'll get lost again. I think it's currently lost. Maybe we'll find it again in the future by the time you're listening to it. Maybe she's the queen of Staten Island. I don't know. Or maybe she's in another promotion. Doubtful. I mean, when was the last time they fired someone? Mm-hmm. Watch, now that that happened, they'll leave it in, in our time, because this is what happens to me. I say something like that, and then they'll fire someone next week. Of they're listening. That's how you know they're listening. Yeah. The hosts of Eliminated Royal Rumble podcast would like to apologize to the individual or individuals that have been fired from World Wrestling Entertainment. You know what, Bill? I actually don't apologize, because I do think they should let go of, like, 20 to 30 people just so they can focus on a core pe- couple of people and actually make characters and storyline development. I hire Vince. I, I, you know what? Oh. I'll say this though. Like seriously, I think if the, half their roster was gone, and I think everyone would be used better. The fact there's no reason for them to have like five or seven different shows. Anyway, I don't want to go too much on, on around that. We have we have to talk about Jacqueline should have been in this Rumble more. Ah, uh, yeah, she should have been in there a little bit longer. I feel like I'm she also deserved like, it. like thinking about. Wow, remember the days when like Becky Lynch could get eliminated by Ruby Riot? Like what uh they would never do that in the future. No. Not well This was before Nia Jax busted up her face and yeah. changed the world. Like that's like one of those uh butterfly or um yeah. effect things. Uh and then at some point I think they're they're kind of teasing a uh a Betts Phoenix versus Nia Jax match, and I have to say for the record, I do not want to see that. Yeah, we need to be careful with Beth Phoenix. She's a national treasure. Yeah. Um, I I wrote the Beth Natalia moment was really good, especially yes. when she eliminates her, and I'm like, BFF my ass. And it's so fun because they just naturally have such good charisma. And I noticed during this where I'm like, holy crap, they look alike. Like, I'd never seen them, like, that close up that I remembered and just had a moment where I was like, they look like twin sisters. Mm-hmm. See, my note for that was interesting because I had that WWE wanted, like, when they had the Beth Natalia reunion, I'm like, they wanted a reaction for the actual reunion, and I don't think they got it. I think the crowd just went dead, like, for earlier in the night, I believe it's this year, for Cena and Orton. Remember, mm-hmm. Bill, how they did the Cena Orton stare yeah. down? It was freaking great how no one in the crowd reacted to it. Exactly. This was kind of the same thing, only to a lesser extent. I also think at this point, because we're getting towards the end of the night, there's always, like, in stand-up comedy shows, they call it, like, the check drop moment where everyone's, like, checking their phones and stuff, where it's like, we're not almost to the end, but we're almost to the end. Like, it's the part where you can kind of check out for a little bit. You basically know who's going to be there, with the exception of a few more people, but they're starting to get tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just, you can look listen back to the 2019 Men's Raw Rumble. We thought that everyone was tired by then. Yeah. Oh my god, so tired. I think I literally fell asleep during it, and I, I had, like, a bit of a nap and got back up for this. I was like, I'll watch it if both Rumbles happen. God, Bill, I missed the Rumble format of 2011. Where it's like <laughs> only four matches. What happened to the good old days? Uh, gone of the yesterday. Two, 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 do the men's rumble, do the women's rumble, and then the two title matches. Done. Yeah. There's your yeah. event. We booked. 
We booked an entire Royal Rumble right there. Stop Mm -hmm. stop making it friggin' marathon. People love short wrestling. I think the perfect amount for like an indie show is like seven matches. And it's like every show I get to, it's like more and more and more and more. And I'm like, I guess more chance to see people, but also like, here we go, strap in. Yeah. Now I gotta ask a quick question here. Yes. When Asuka comes out, Corey Graves says game over. Did he spoil the ending right then and there? Hmm. That's an interesting point. Because I think it's one of those things where, like, it's maybe subconsciously he was, like, spoiling it. But I also feel like in the moment, it's like, ooh, is it game over? Or, like, are you just portraying your allegiance, Corey Graves? His rare approval? Okay, and now we're at the final five entries. 26, Mickey James. 27, Nikki Bella. 28, Brie Bella. 29, Bailey. And 30, Trish Stratus. And I have, during this segment, eliminated Mickey. Oh, as we make our way to the final four. Mickey, Jax, Bailey, Natalia, Stratus. Um, I'll start the discussion. Again, we're going to do everything before the final four now. Uh, I did yeah. like the John Cena sucks chance. Uh, Brie mode is still dumb. Hey, Bill, remember when we... I don't know why I also thought about this. Remember when I first learned about Brie mode and I was mad because Brie mode was like... She's just drunk, but she doesn't yep. do anything when she's drunk. It's not like she gets really loud, really violent, or like She's nothing. just, yeah, the same, but it's it's the mode. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, Sarah, so we had a great idea where we would have Bill mode. <laughs> Bill, do you remember what Bill mode was? No, I don't. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Bill mode was just when you pig out. Like, you just start eating things all yeah. around. Anything yeah. you wanted as much as you can. Yeah. Bill and, like, mode. no one can get mad at you because it's Bill mode. It's like, you can't help it. Right. I'm in Bill mode. Give me your Fritos. Bill mode better than Brie mode. I can't yes. Believe they, that's yeah. still a thing, though. Then. Um, you know, they might have had John Cena chance, uh, but where's the Nick Aldis chance for Mickey James, I ask you? Wait a minute. You're, you're talking about the Native American Music Award Hall of Famer, Mickey James. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that's a real thing. I did like Hardcore that's Country. Real? That uh, is a real, that's a real award. She, okay. Hey, Mickey. Okay, so, Jim, I have to tell you this. Sure, please. I think you're going to love it. So, Mickey James, about two years ago, won Song of the Year at the Native American Music Awards. Well earned. And same night, she gets inducted into their Hall of Fame. What? Wait, which Hall of Fame? What? The Native American Music Awards Hall of Fame. Really? Yes. Yes. Hardcore so, country. No, so I referred to her from that point on as the Native American Music Award Hall of Famer, <laughs> James. I mean, that's like, what a, how is everyone not referring to her like this? Seriously. I think you're starting a movement. Seriously. But don't, don't, just remember though, she can never come back to Impact Wrestling because she died there. But yeah. She got run over by yeah, a train. Yeah, that would be... The technology, that's when we find, it was like, wow, we all thought WWE was going to bring someone back to life first, but 
wow, okay. <laughs> they I, did it. As much fun as we're having right now with this discussion is equal to the amount of not fun I had learning that the Bellas were going to be in this. I know. I was bummed out, too. I feel like uh, there's a weird thing, though, where I know a lot of women who are just fans of the Bellas um, from their E! television network show, and they will tune in if they think the Bellas are wrestling because there's enough wrestling for that, like, crossover. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, this crazy phenomenon to me because I'm like, I fast-forward that part on Total Divas. Like, I'm tired of the Bellas. I want to see, you know, what Rusev's up to. Right. I guess that's, I guess it's kind of like the Kadar, the Kardashian effect, mm-hmm. you know, where people will go and do whatever, so, see like whatever their lives. Yeah, I mean that's really what it is. Um, Mickey and Trish was good. I really enjoyed that stuff. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Sarah, what else do you have for this segment before uh, the final, before really, the final four? Before the final four, um, I was happy to see Bailey, although I always feel like there's just, like, she's got her own little, like, ceiling that they just keep smushing down on her head. Like, I think she's got so much charisma, and it's always like, oh, Bailey, you almost, okay. Oh, Bailey, you almost, okay. So I, like, got a little nervous when she came out, because I'm like, how are they going to do my girl wrong? (laughs) But I also really loved uh, the moment with Trish and Mickey. I like both of them so much, and... uh, I saw Mickey James in person once, and she was uh, astonishingly good-looking. Oh, she is. Oh, oh my gosh. You were in the I presence can... of the Native and American. And It's like they, they're, they'll blind you. I, I can second that comment. So you were both in the presence of the Native American music, whatever it is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Hall of Famer. Native, wait, oh, was it Native American Music Hall of Famer? The Native American Music Award Hall of Famer, Mickey James. Get that award in there. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna try to rem- keep remembering that, that. I'm gonna start referring to to her as that too, because she deserves it. You know and... what? You can make some pins. I think people would really buy them. <laughs> um, I-, I want it to be just as seamless as when I call that w- when we talk about the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship. Like that, mm-hmm. I don't even know what name it used to be. I just right. know that it's the Brock Lesnar <laughs> Memorial Championship. ELMC. That's how I want that. That's how I wanted to remember Mickey James. Now is the Native American Music Award. Music Award. No, music goal or music. 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 Video. No, no, she didn't do a video. She did do a video, but I'll get it one day. Well, yeah, you 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 have another Women's Rumble to go. Is she in the other one though? Maybe. I may have to get it right in the next 10 minutes. All right. I'll, I'll check for you real quick. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, while we do that, Sarah, do we have anything else in regards to this segment before we get to the final four? And I'll let's build the same thing before we do the final four. Uh, Trish Stratus gear choice. Mm-hmm. I love seeing everybody's gear, and uh, hers is one of my faves. All right. Bill, what's the update on uh, the Native she, American music she is award? In, she is in the next one. Great. When was, this, have, when was she inducted, by the way? What year was that? 2017. Oh, so this is like fresh off, kind yeah, of. Yeah, this is fresh. Wow. Yeah. They, WWE um, really dropped the ball. They should have announced it then on this show. I, um. Okay, I had to make this note real quick. Please. Two, I don't remember who it was. But two of the women throw Nia Jax through the middle ropes. Charles Robinson has this look 
And he's looking right at them. And he's like, what was the point of that? What was the point of throwing <laughs> the big woman in the match through the middle ropes? Oh, that's all we could do. <laughs> Come on, man. We're trying our best. <laughs> that's what I felt like. I felt like they were two, like, little neighbor kids trying to, like, steal something that was, like, too big for them. And it's like, this isn't going to work. Bill, do you have anything else before we go to the final four? Oh, uh, Corey Graves said we need more twins. Okay. Corey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your next, no, not the next episode. I'm sorry. I was going to say the next episode, there's a, there's some twins, but it's the one after that, the 1996 Royal Rumble. Oh, God. With the maybe the best twins in the history of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> the SWAT team member. All right. <laughs> All right, the Bellas both eliminate Banks. Um, so then we have the Bellas. I, I, you know what? I haven't. It just occurred to me that I hadn't said her name this entire show, and I always hate how it's said because it doesn't look like it's spelled that way. Uh-huh. I say it Asuka, but it's obviously not according to you two and probably the rest of the wrestling world. How do you say it? Asuka. Although I like the way that um, Brian Alvarez goes Asuka. Afka, he has such a accent. Accent. It's one of those names that I look at like how, like there's a guy that I that I met one time. His name's Owen, and it's E I O N. That's kind of how I feel about this. Is like it says. Oh, I knew an Owen like that. I've never in my life until that person. Okay. I think it's French. All right, so th- then Nikki turns on Bray, whatever. Um, so then we got Nikki versus Asuka? Yes. Asuka. Okay. Well, no. It's no, like Asuka the Grouch. Asuka <laughs> the Grouch. That's how you remember. Remember? <laughs> I know what that gimmick. Asuka the Grouch. Oh, this, you know what, Sarah? That is very helpful now, actually. Hey, no problem. That's what I came on this podcast for. And finally, Asuka the Grouch eliminates Nikki Bella. (laughs) What an anticlimactic final four, I have to say. Um, Then some bullshit happens. All right, here's what made me the most (laughs) mad about this entire thing. Mm -hmm. So we have Ronda Rousey comes out. And first off, like she comes out this is the, the, the to the Joan Jet song reputation, right? That's the yeah. name of it. I immediately made the joke, Oh, it's so great that they're gonna play freaks and geeks for us now. <laughs> so my big problem first off, before anything else, to me that's like one of the worst Joan Jet songs. I I mean, can't you have like you gotta run, you gotta hide, something like that? Alright. Um it is the main Joan Jett song that I know, and I think I'm not alone in that. So they might have been going for like, hey, everybody, you didn't know you, this song. Didn't Joan Jett do I Love Rock and Roll? Yeah. That, I yeah, would I say, is the main one, yeah. Joan Jett song. I love wrestling. <laughs> uh, Bill, you know who else did uh, I Love Rock and Roll? Britney Spears. That's right. Damn it. Did she cover it? Yeah, oh, oh you it, have it, heard it. How did I miss this? I feel like... Be uh, thankful. Sarah, yeah. be thankful. That's like one of the worst covers of all time. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine it being good. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> she sang it on Crossroads. 
<laughs> the great oh, Britney oh Spears gosh. movie. Enough said. Yes. No, oh, Bill, that's I, wild. I want a Crossroads too. I'm waiting for it. They definitely <laughs> left interpretation for another one. I can tell you that much. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I'd rather be talking about Crossroads and Britney Spears than Ronda Rousey right now. But here we go. Um, here we are. Uh, but <laughs> so it just occurred to me that because at this point they have Oscar the Grouch in with <laughs> um, Charlotte and. Um, Alexa. Alexa, right. And by the way, I do have an argument for that I'd like to bring up for Charlotte, but I think I'm going to wait for the 2019 Women's Rumble because she didn't really compete in this one. So mm-hmm. I feel like this is not the discussion to have if Charlotte... I like Charlotte, but is she the most unoriginal wrestler maybe ever? Ooh. Um, okay. They have those three in there. Mm-hmm. And... Rousey comes out, and it's like, so the only reason this even happened is for Rousey. That's what I got from that. And I'm like, how did WWE once again turn a full-timer win, meaning Oscar the Grouch, (laughs) 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 meaning, come on, calm down, meaning Oscar the Grouch. Right, no, I... The the full-time win to mean nothing, to mean nothing compared to a part... Uh, they always do that to her. Poor Oscar the Grouch. Um, not only to her, though. What got me mad is I... And, and again, I didn't think any more of the women's division after watching this, but I felt bad for all of the women involved because it's like, it's so clear that none of this was really about them at all, at least to me. Well, and they must have known, like we're getting to do this because we're doing this as a first for like a bunch of things. But I think the whole way along the new women's revolution was leading up to Ronda Rousey, who's an interesting figure to point to as like a paragon of like being a woman. Cause like she's had some like real weird stuff on Twitter and like, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, but she's the biggest star that they were going to get at this point in time. So I guess, yeah, build it around her and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess I just felt bad for basically all the competitors in this match because I was, it's like all the work to me at least it's like all the work they did is like it was for not that it was for nothing it was just like this wasn't there because you guys earned it it's there because we got Rousey coming. But Jim, yes. this is where it gets worse. I'm gonna point this out. Okay. Oscar wins. Oscar the Grouch, get it right. Right, Oscar the Grouch wins. No announcement. From <gasps> Ronda Rousey comes out, and there's a big shaboosh. Rousey. Yeah, that's like such an overshadowing moment where it's like, and that kind of sums up how like Oscar the Grouch always gets treated. Maybe that's why she's grouchy because <laughs> she's like the toughest wrestler. She's so good. Like she's always on point, doing what she's supposed to do, and it's like. Yeah, but then we'll train up this person. And it's like, all right. And, you know, she just has to take it because that's kind of the way things are run. I love the Oscar the Grouch theory. It was great. <laughs> but this, is, this is what made her the Grouch. That's just that's just the theory, a pro wrestling theory. I don't know if you guys get, get that reference at all. I think the other thing that really kills Oscar's momentum, if you listen back again, is Michael Cole's reaction. Because 
the the second that first beat of Reputation plays, he's like, "Oh my God, it's true! The rumors, they're true!" And then there is one point where Ronda is pointing at the WrestleMania sign, and he's like, "She's pointing at WrestleMania!" So I guess she now owns WrestleMania. <laughs> and then, WrestleMania is on the line, and she's pointing at it. Right. And then to end the night, or to, when, when they go to credits, he's like, "Well, it's already trending on social media. It's only happened three minutes, but it's already oh. trending." Ronda Rousey in WWE, ESPN's reporting it. By the way, isn't that how like usually trending works? Is that it? always happens in the immediate and then dies off as time It would be so weird if, like, four days later, everyone was like, remember when we saw Ronda Rousey? Right, thank you. Yeah, trending for no reason. Yeah, I love when they, like, really go over the top of stuff where you're like, you're probably tired too, Michael Cole, but, like, (laughs) that's just a thing that's, that's how the internet works, bud. And yeah, I, I didn't make a note that the whole Ronda points at WrestleMania was very, very cringe to me. Oh, that was the start of like <laughs> so much like because it was they always point a lot at WrestleMania. But for some reason, hers stood out as like such a like, OK, we yep, you sure are pointing at the sign like they always do. <laughs> All right. Let me let me ask you both a question. Sure. Maybe about Oscar the Grouch. No, about Rousey. <laughs> Sure. Because there were reports the week of, on and off, Rousey was going to be in this match. Would it? Would her being in that match have hurt the overall match if she's in it? And it's her debut night. Let's let her go first on that. So if she had to be in it as like the last entrant, or do you think in like somewhere else in the lineup? Doesn't matter. Okay. I, I think that if they really trained her up to be the number 30 and poor somebody else gets bumped so that Trish is 29, like, I think she could have pulled off, like, just one or two, like, boom, boom, because everyone was going to scrutinize it so much. I think uh, where she was at the time, had they put her in and tried to just have her be a regular entrant, it would have fallen super flat and people would have kind of lost faith in the idea of her getting up to speed to do like a mania match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how I feel because quite frankly, I wouldn't want to see her at all in this. Cause I think either role she gets put in, it is going to take away from what should be the celebration of their current roster. So to me, I don't think it really matters cause all she would do was take away in my opinion. From again, from the current talent, mm-hmm. maybe even yeah, worse like than she did with weird, Oscar Rouge. I think it was like a big attempt to be like, "Hey, your fan base, Ronda Rousey, do you want to get into wrestling? Because if you want her to be the hero of wrestling, she is." And it's like, cool. There are a lot of people who are already here that would have appreciated a more subtle or delicate entrance for her that's not like kind of it kind of felt like a mary sue fan fiction a little bit where it's like and then the hero comes in and you're like sure but like you guys saw some of these other wrestlers were pretty freaking great for years already no i'm with you on that like i think 
the whole run is very forced from what I've seen. Yes. But yeah. But it is what it is, and obviously, and you know, people argue that. Well, yeah, like me, I'll argue that this isn't none of this. The, the Impact Wrestling's knockouts is about having the women as the best they can be, where and that they deserve to, you know, get these big matches or whatnot. Mm-hmm. To me, WWE comes across as it's not really that we care about our current roster, but we need Rousey to do something. You know, like, yeah. it doesn't seem like it's it's not that they deserved it. It's, no, we just need something for Rousey. And uh, people will argue after she left after the last WrestleMania that it's much different now, again, you know. Well, and I think it's one of those things where, like, on the indies and also I would argue for the Impact Knockouts, uh, there's this, like, pool that's appreciated and uh people have different skill sets and different matchups and i think that there's such a potential for that to be the same way in the wwe it's just i feel like a lot of the talent is treated as an afterthought but especially the women are treated as an afterthought so when they had this sudden spotlight on them it was kind of like what do we do uh the but let's bring in ronda rousey you know Mm -hmm. So now comes the part of the show where we journey with uh, the winner. And how was their path going to WrestleMania, Bill? Well, it was not bumpy at all. Oscar's, yeah, Oscar the Grouch's decision was made at the Fast Lane pay-per-view, where she selected Charlotte Flair as her opponent for WrestleMania, and her reason was. Well, she knew she could beat Alexa Bliss. She wanted a challenge. So the challenge was Charlotte Flair. And they would have the second match at WrestleMania. And Asuka would lose her first match in WWE to Charlotte Flair. Wow, we didn't even talk about when she was undefeated. We didn't yeah, even talk about I, I forgot that this was the era of her undefeating. And I remember being like, Oh, don't ruin it! Don't ruin it! And I'd be happy every time she won. And then it was like, oh, we're we're doing the Charlotte one again. All right. And then Oscar just got buried after that. I felt like, and I feel like she continues to be buried. Well, I mean, I, I think it should also be pointed out that she never lost a match when she was in NXT. Okay. And she. Yeah, it was longer than just WWE. Yeah. So it was like. Almost two years, I think. Wow, it's like the Tonka time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, like we learned a lot today. Uh, we learned. Uh, <laughs> we learned how you um, learned how to pronounce Oscar. Well, I, we also learned when she became a grouch. It's probably at this. It's literally moment. the McMahon's fault. <laughs> no, and, mm-hmm. it, and uh, I'll be honest with you. I think it's this moment that we just watched. Yeah, I believe being overshadowed by Rousey, her... It it led to her defeat. Mm Mm-hmm. Poor Asuka. I know. Uh, Okay, Uh, Sarah, where can people find you? Let's give final plugs and... Oh, well, final thoughts on the match, actually, and then your your plugs. Um, Final thoughts on the match. I was just happy that it happened. Uh, I was tired at the end of the night, as I want to be after a long long wwe stint uh, but at the same time i i walked away feeling like a, a little curious um about what was gonna come i still had the hopes for oscar i thought maybe if gonna be like 
a real badass wrestler that could be a fun potential. So like it was kind of the air was ripe with potential still for me. And I was proud of all the women for coming out both old and new and uh, getting their moment in the sun, especially like people like Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot, who I had spent time with on the indies and getting to see them crowds. And it was still kind of like pretty new. That was like uh, maybe my biggest takeaway was feeling just like, Oh wow, you really can make your way up and through as a wrestler. And uh, where people can find me at Sarah Joy Shockey on Twitter and uh, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling every Thursday on the MLW Radio Network. We're at Marty Sarah Pod on Twitter. All right, very good, uh, Bill. What are you, uh, well, I guess let me give my final thoughts. And by the yeah. way, folks, uh, just letting you know, I don't know if I mentioned this in the 2018 uh, Men's Royal Rumble, but I did find Waldo, and he is in the front row. Pretty sure that I. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did actually mention that. I, as I said that, I remembered, oh, I did make this joke in that episode. <laughs> All right, it is what it is. Um, this doesn't make me think, this match didn't make me think any more about the WWE women's roster. Um, it did, however, make me feel bad after you clearly see how it was not really about any of them. It was about Rousey. Um, and in that aspect, I'm always a little dismayed when... Once again, WWE puts their part-time wrestlers over the roster that's going to be there the entire year. Um, the next episode we're doing is scheduled to be the 2010 Royal Rumble, and it will begin my triangle of Shawn Michaels bashing. So oh, yeah. that's happening for the next three episodes. So if you're a Shawn Michaels fan, you might not necessarily like me for the next three episodes. Um but you know what? I will say this. Uh, the women's, obviously, they did good enough where it's still continuing, uh, which we didn't mention, because they have a 2019 Women's Rumble, which, along with the men's, I argue, breaks the entire Rumble system, but we'll get to it. <laughs> um, well, we got to half of it already. Yeah. Well, numbers don't matter anymore, old guys. Um, <laughs> Bill, you can find me. Oh, I don't know why I said specifically you. Uh, <laughs> okay, where do well, I find you, Jim? Uh, well, you can find me on Mass Podcasting. Uh, hopefully, at this point, I'm back into the groove with Now That's What I Call Podcasting, the 70-year journey of the Now That's What I Call music <laughs> series. I'm going to do it till I'm 70 years old. Wow. <laughs> um, what, do you know the Now music series, Sarah? I, I had Now 5 and Now 11. Well, you're, we're way past you. We're at, we're, yeah, we're yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. We're probably I at, like, so. <laughs> we're probably at, uh, I don't know, at this point... Somewhere in the lower 40s. But it's taking a very, very long time. Um, okay. Uh, that's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. And that's about it. Bill, why don't you say your goodbyes? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the match, you know what? It was a fun match. Um, oh, we forgot hey. to mention that. Sorry. Um, how many returns? Uh, I had counted 11. We'll find out maybe next time or the time after, uh, if that's the most that has been in a Royal Rumble match so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the match. Uh, I think looking back on it now, the men's was the better of the two. Yes. But it doesn't, but it doesn't mean the women's was a bad match. The women, they knew what was on the line. They put it all out and it ended up being an entertaining match. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. Um, 
If you have any questions or comments, send an email, eliminated3088 at gmail.com. That is eliminated3088 at gmail.com. And you can listen to my podcast, That Wrestling Show, which comes up each and every Friday. So next time around, Jim and I, we will be discussing the 2010 Royal Rumble match. Hope you guys and girls enjoyed this episode. And until then... The 2018 Women's Royal Rumble has been eliminated. And we're out. Very good. All Great right. job, guys. That was fun. Yeah, thank you, Sarah, for joining yes. us. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. I'll probably add you on uh, Instagram. That way I can keep you updated on when the uh, actual episode is going to air. I don't Perfect. Know. Add me on uh, Marty Sarah Pod because I have a Sarah Joy Shockey one, but I almost never go in it because okay. uh, I can, my brain can only handle one Instagram account at a time. Nope. Right. Um, um, and then, yeah, Marty Sarah Pod, DM me. I'll follow you back. Okay. Um, and also, I don't know if you want to ask uh, Marty, it's, like I said to you, even though we invited you to this one, we'd love to have him on in the future. And I can tell you right now, the next set is probably going to be recorded. It, meaning the next batch of recordings will be the first week of September around that area. So, you know, he's welcome to come on as well, just like you were. I don't know what he would get as far as a rumble because it's too early to tell. But um, yeah, it's a shuffle. Um, yeah, and also you can uh, email Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling at Gmail, and he mans that account. So uh, if I'll mention it to him, but then he'll do the booking because I never know his schedule. He's at uh, Zany's in Rosemont right now doing comedy with uh, one of the gals from Saturday Night Live. Oh, very <laughs> He's good. all over the place. <laughs> all right. So like I said, I'll add the Marty account, I guess. Was it Mar- Was it the uh... Marty Sarapod on Instagram? Yeah, Marty all right. Because I'll, I'll get it if you add me, but it'll be in like two months. <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll do both. That's fine. Um, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and. That's about it. Like I said, I don't know when it's going to air right now, but I'll know when it gets close. Yeah, to just uh, tweet me, message me, email me, just, um, whatever you got, and I'll make sure uh, yeah. to get the word out. And uh, and like I said, watch next week. Someone they're going to have a bunch of firings. I know that's going to happen. Yeah, right. Of all women, that's with anyone. No, on the show I said anyone, so I'm like, oh, it's going to be like a mass firing, and they're going to. And then when people <laughs> listen to it, they're going to be like, but they just fired people. I'm like, yeah, that was before, after I recorded. No That's, way. They're trying to hold on to everybody as tight as they can until yeah. October, at least. I know. I know. Well, that's why I said to myself, I think this might air in September. So what? I think I'm safe with that. I problem. think you're safe. We'll see, though. All right, guys. Have a good night, Sarah. Let me, Bill, I'm going to talk to you for a little bit. And then. Um, okay. So just, uh, Sarah, we'll talk to you later. Sounds good, guys. Have a good night. You too. You too. Thanks. Bye.